Welcome to From the Raptors, a podcast brought to you by Varsity Partners. Varsity Partners is a design-led, fan-forward company that provides creative and strategic solutions for brands and sports properties. And now here's your host, Vice President of Varsity Partners, Pat Flynn. Jason Young, Fairley Dickinson, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Pat. We talk a lot, awesome. but never in this setting, so uh, this will be new for us. That's right. That's right. It's been awesome to kind of get to know you, to get to work with you. You've been a pretty inspiring person in, in the entire world of college athletics. You've had a lot going on um, over the past year, over your career. So first and foremost, um, you haven't been at FDU that long, but, but walk me through kind of the path you took to get here. Yeah, I guess it's a little unconventional. Out of college, I went to Ithaca College, a uh, bomber through and through, and uh, wanted to go into coaching. Uh, so I was a basketball coach. That was my dream as a kid. Went to a small D2 school, Newberry College, where I got my first chance. And uh, I was a volunteer assistant for a year uh, and then went to the NBA Development League uh, before it became the G League down in McAllen, Texas. And that was a nice little run. I uh, was there for two years and then uh, the Rockets let us go. And it was like, wow, what do I do now? And at the time, I just, I kind of, I was a little burnt out. We were moving a lot and I was like, I think I, I need a break. So ended up going into administration Got a chance at Learfield uh, with Vermont Sports Properties. Vermont was a great home for four years. So, yeah, it, it's kind of a wacky road. But, like, I was moving all over the country because in between uh, D-League seasons, I was in Boston. So we would go We would go from – so we went from South Carolina to Texas to Boston, back to Texas, and then back north. And I was just, like, I'm tapped out and just need a break from all the traveling and moving and down and really look at what my future holds. That's pretty One, cool though. Not, yeah. not a lot of, not, not a lot of college administrators take the uh, basketball coach route to kind of start their career. Any, any cool stories or, or connections um, that you either coached with against or, or, you know, stories from, from kind of that D league. Yeah. You know, we, uh, <laughs> our first year in the D league, we made a lot of headlines. Uh, Grantland at the time, I'm sure you remember Grantland. It was uh, kind of the precursor to the ringer, right? Um, of course, yeah. So they did a full full story on us. They had someone follow us for three days. USA Today had us on the front page of the sports section. HBO did a mini thing on us. Like We were making headlines because what we were was the – guinea pigs essentially for Daryl Morey's thought process on layups and threes only. And this was kind of the, the genesis to how the Rockets ended up playing with Harden those last few years. So when we were there our first year, Kevin McHale is the head coach of the Rockets. They're playing a little different style. Um, I was fortunate enough to have breakfast with McHale in some meetings. So that was cool. Um, yeah. But Mikhail leaves, and they bring D'Antoni in, and the next thing you know, uh, they're playing this basically three-ball, positionless basketball, and we were the guinea pigs 
for it to start. So our players weren't allowed to shoot mid-range jumpers. They had to either shoot a three or take a shot in the paint. If they didn't, they were benched. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was interesting. It's a different lifestyle. Uh, you're on the road a lot. I think we took over 80 flights in a season just to wow. play, you know, 30 games. Uh, it was crazy because every, everywhere we went was two flights coming out of McAllen, Texas, which is on the border oh, of Mexico. That's right. So, yeah, no, it was cool. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Got to coach some <laughs> some NBA players, which is always cool. And, yeah, I still love the you game. You did it. So, you lived yeah. it. That's cool. Yeah. Still love the game. Don't get me wrong. That's that's fun stuff. I mean, you, you can say you did it. And now, you know, I'm sure, you know, same same level of effort, same level of experience, but a completely different world being on the college athletic admin side. How was kind of the transition to that? I, you know, I kind of interrupted you when you mentioned you were, you know, hoops coach before you got into the world. But, you know, you, you said you were on your way to Learfield um, at Vermont. And then how did that kind of translate into college athletics? Sure. So Learfield was just, I was learning. I was just the sponge trying to absorb everything they were throwing at us. We were a new property uh, that first year. Um, so making that transition from the in-house sponsor model to the external sponsor model. And really, it was my first sales opportunity. I, I, I never sold a thing before in my life. Before <laughs> getting How'd there. you get the job? Uh, it was a coordinator position. So really, your job is to activate um, yeah. Yeah. the sponsors. Uh, but I did have a small sales book and uh, just got to learn. Got to learn about marketing assets how to really capitalize on different brands using uh, the collegiate sport brand of whatever property you're at. For us, it was, you know, Vermont, the biggest and only Division One school in the state. Um, and building relationships and uh, trying to create win-win opportunities uh, for your partners and for the school. Uh, and that was kind of the, the thing I took the most from it and set the foundation for everything I've done since. So I'm really appreciative of that opportunity. And Yeah. Yeah. I can attest to, to Learfield as well. I mean, the, the training and the information and the knowledge, you know, and the sales process and, and everything else, really valuable stuff. FDU, how'd you get there? How's it going? Talk about your team. Sure. How I got here. You know, I'm at Vermont, um, director of ticket operations, just finished year three. And, I, you know, we had done a lot of things. Uh, I had upgraded softwares. I had changed pricing structures. We had hit milestones. Uh, we set records for individual game revenues. We, we were doing a lot of things. And luckily, uh, men's basketball, obviously, is playing well up there and has been. Uh, and I was just, I thought it was time for another challenge. Um, kind of reset my life, and I'm from New York City originally, uh, so obviously Hackensack uh, is right over the bridge, 20 minutes from where I grew up, and Brad Hurlbut, uh has a great vision, and when I got to meet him, I actually met him at a Dunkin' Donuts, that's where we first met, and our visions just lined up, and it was like, wow, I think I think we can build something here that is pretty special and uh yeah it's been a great year and a half even with covid uh you know 
started in what June of nineteen. Uh, so coming wow. on two years here. Wow. All right. So you're working with Brad. You get to FDU. What What have been kind of the main things you know from the start and and even to this day that he's kind of challenged you with specifically that you've kind of taken on? Yeah. So from the beginning. I knew I had kind of a clean slate to build this external side of the house. Um, prior to me getting here, they didn't have anyone in the role. Uh, they had a graduate assistant who um, did a fantastic job just holding it together and getting them through an NCAA tournament run. But I knew there were some bones that we could just put together right away. So immediately getting a ticketing system in here, uh, getting more sponsors, kind of building out the fan environment. Uh, we completely overhauled our in-game atmosphere for men's and women's basketball and just thinking differently about how we approach external relations, how we approach our community, and how we kind of build this thing out. So, I mean, we just made so many strides that first year, and I think month was going great until COVID. Our ticket sales numbers were the highest ever in school history, right? Like, but they hadn't really set the bar that high because the foundation wasn't in place. So it was really building that foundation here, understanding what the brand was, utilizing uh, a newly signed Under Armour agreement uh, and it came off the backs of winning an NCAA tournament game. And uh, Brad did a fantastic job landing that and really just utilizing all the resources and people around us. And it's a special place. FDU is the largest private school in New Jersey. And our campus, as you said, sits around the Hackensack. And uh, Seth Greenberg uh, of ESPN, one of our alums, former Shout basketball out to player. Seth Greenberg. Yep, one of our uh, former basketball players uh, likes to call it the Harvard on the Hackensack. So uh, we've uh, <laughs> we, we've warmed up to that uh, slogan, and we we're just using the river as kind of our symbol and uh, everything we're trying to build around it and uh, make this place even more special than what it already was. I don't think anyone would dispute that FDU is the Harvard on the Hackensack. I mean, that's, that's indisputable. Talk about kind of the unique position you guys are in geographically. You know, you're not short of colleges in the area, big time <laughs> colleges. Seton <laughs> Hall, the St. Peter's, Rutgers, um, you know, all kinds of all kinds of schools are claiming to be the College of New York, but um, I think it's kind of interesting. You guys kind of take a different approach. Um, see a lot of opportunity and value in Bergen County. Uh, talk about that for a second and, and how that relates to your brand. Yeah, so I guess you kind of you kind of said there are eight Division One schools in New Jersey, and the state isn't all that big, right? But that's a lot of schools. That's a lot of market space getting taken up by different people even count all the pro, pro teams around us, right? So our approach really has been to leverage our area with community groups. Uh, that's been one of the things that we're trying to establish. And we did it to start with community service. That was one of the big things that uh, we championed last year. And we're going to continue to champion. So our student athletes did a fantastic job. Uh, they went out back in 1920. And uh, the NEC, our Northeast Conference, has a Building Communities Award. And we went out and won it. And what wow. that did was um, 
while it seems different and it just showed that we're out in the community and it invites people into our building when we have games and it makes that relationship more of a two-way street than just a one-way and you know when your student athletes go out and do over 2,000 hours uh, with over 40 different organizations just within Bergen County you're going to start making an impact and people start to recognize it so you know you go to the elementary school we go there a bunch we have different teams going and next thing you know we got 600 kids coming to a elementary school basketball game uh that we basically called it um when our women's basketball at St. Francis U, we had an 11 a.m. game in the middle of January, and you get 600 kids, and that hadn't been done before. Um, so you do things like that, and I think the community responds, and it also goes back to the sponsor piece that we were talking about. We do a lot of stuff with Pagoda Savings Bank, which is located primarily in Teaneck, and their big thing is being that community bank. Um, and we want to be that vocal point in the community. So partnering with those around us to leverage our brand and leverage theirs is kind of our goal moving forward. Wow, that's a really cool approach. Not not yeah. something you see very often. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, that's look, exciting. there's so many people in Bergen County, as you know. Like, you, go, you went to Bergen Catholic, right? Right. Like, there are hundreds and thousands of people just within Bergen County. If you get yeah. a sliver of that population, start paying attention to your brand. I mean, you're filling up stadiums, you're getting noticed, you're selling tickets, you're selling merch. The next thing you know, this thing is exploding even more. So it's like you don't need to capture 100% of the market all the time. You just got to start building slowly, getting people to recognize who you are and what you do. And then internally, you know, we're also leveraging our diversity and I think that's really unique to us in some ways. We have student athletes from 30 different countries and 22 different states. Wow. You know, that's, that's pretty good for us to really represent what we are and really the overall tri-state area. And New York City is such a great selling point for recruits. Uh, they appreciate how close they are to so many businesses and corporations for jobs post-graduation and really just capitalizing on that market as well. So, yeah, really totally. important stuff. And uh, we're trying to build that community that's, that is represented for everyone. Uh, and Hackensack, obviously, is pretty diverse. Teaneck is diverse in a different way. Um, and, uh, yeah, leveraging both sides of the river. Yeah, yeah. And, and, again, you guys have taken such advantage of it, and you're having fun with your brand. The thing that I wanted to talk to you guys the most about um, was the thing that everyone's talking about, ESPN, Star Ledger, uh, the fact that you guys were one of the only schools in college athletics that actually added sports during a pandemic. Unbelievable story, incredibly exciting, amazing accomplishment. Tell us all about that. Yeah, it's been a... Uh... I think for every college athletic department, it's been a bumpy road over the last six sets, right? So back in March, you know, we always look at like March 9th as the COVID date. Our women's team was getting ready to play a semifinal basketball game and everything grounded to a halt. But what also grounded to a halt was we were in the midst of a strategic plan. Uh, we were wrapping that up with 
we had over 50 different uh, people from across the university, alumni, um, student athletes, faculty, professors, everyone uh, was involved in this. And that kind of got ground to a halt. But what came, what was going to come out of the strategic plan, and one of the things we were going to look at uh, was just sports sponsorship in general. And we came into the summer, we were like, okay, you know, we can we can still move on some of these strategic planning items. We just have to think differently about them. And that's been kind of our approach from the start is to think differently, uh, to separate ourselves from those other Division One schools and uh, to get that earned media and respect. And when you look at men's volleyball, we had uh, a connection with First Point Volleyball Foundation. Uh, and their goal is to basically grow the game of men's volleyball. Uh, Wade Gerard, their CEO, and Brad had met previously. And we had just loose conversations with them uh, earlier uh, that year. Nothing really formal. And then we kind of got to the fall and we were like, all right, let's see if we can put our foot on the gas and get this thing going. And two things will come out of it. One is we'll basically grow a sport that we know we can sell, that we know would be a revenue generator for the school. We have the facilities. New Jersey ranks third in uh, participation in boys volleyball in the country. So we can basically align our goals with the university goals, which is to recruit local. Uh, that's a big part of what's going on here. And create a success story. And then we were like, well, we're not going to stop there. Let's also add. Of course not. Why would you stop why, there? Why would you stop? You know, we can add women's lacrosse. And we had money um, from a previous grant that we're going to use to start that. We're going to ramp it up a little slower than men's volleyball. They'll, their first class will be the fall of 22. But we're going to hire a coach uh, this coming May. Um, so just in eight weeks or so uh, from the time we're recording this. And we can create a positive pub public relations story uh, and separate ourselves once again. And you obviously don't do anything for a story. The story is a byproduct of your decisions. Um, but it's just such a positive one to create more athletic opportunities and goes back to our purpose of basically using athletics to bring students onto campus and have them graduate with an FDU degree and go on to do great things. And how do we leverage sports overall within the uh, mission of the university? And we continue to stay purpose-driven in that respect, and these two additions just fall right in line. So that's kind of the long-winded answer for you, and I'm sorry about that, but that's, awesome. that's kind of that's kind of been the process. And we are the only Division One school to add multiple sports uh, since the pandemic started. And the publicity has been great. You mentioned a couple of, you know, we wrote the op-ed for the Star-Ledger, and then that got picked really up cool. by other outlets. The Associated Press did an article on us, and that got picked up by over 500 media outlets across the country and internationally. And then Forbes just dropped the piece on us as well. Um, so, wow, the exposure from doing this was huge. 
um, and continues to get our brand out there and just keeps momentum going when for a lot of schools it's been cut back, retract, just kind of, I don't know, stop growing. And I, I don't believe you can ever stop growing. It's like, <laughs> I worked for someone who said you either get better or worse every day, you don't stay the same. And we, get, we just got to keep getting better regardless of circumstances around us. And I think we're doing that. I mean, the exposure has just been out of control for you guys, and it's well-deserved because no one, like you mentioned, no, no one else has added multiple sports. It's really impressive, and it's a testament to, you know, the work that you guys have. And not just the work, but really the attitude, too, to say, hey, we're actually going to do things differently during this, and we're going to keep our foot on the gas. You know, it's, it's really impressive. You know, fr from a brand standpoint, you and I have talked about it. You know, what, what visions, what, what can you mention about the future of uh, the FDU brand now that you have multiple sports coming um, on board and, and kind of enhancing what that's like? So I think there's a couple things uh, that will, that are in the works and will be in the works moving forward. Um, one is just storytelling. Uh, I alluded to it slightly at the start of our conversation. Um, but really what gets through kind of the noise in this area is human interest. And when you can develop stories that cross over just sport into human interest or into other people's uh, segmentation, you, you can get more exposure. So finding those human interest stories. So our mascot, right? Sal Girard was our mascot uh, during the 2019 NCAA tournament. He's loved basketball, and he goes and becomes our manager for the men's basketball team. Due to COVID, we had several opt-outs and injuries, et cetera. He needed to start playing. He's a former high school player. They needed another body out there, and he was willing to do it. And he's loved it, and he walked onto the team. So that's a human interest story, right? <laughs> that's an so incredible cool. human interest so story cool. that crosses all lines. And uh, we need to tell more of those because we're special student athletes. So that's one of the pieces that's going to come out of this. Um, and I that's think awesome. we're learning how to, how to get that exposure. Uh, we have to tell our history better. Uh, so that's going to come through the brand reef fresh that uh you know we need to work on and get going and hopefully you guys will be a part of that obviously right so um that's really critical and then aligning ourselves with corporations who believe in what we're doing who believe in using their brand and their um kind of mission to leverage their own business through our constituents, whether that's 18 and 22 year olds or the alumni base um, or faculty and staff uh, and just the community at large and really working together with those outside entities. And, you know, the final piece to all this is really the licensing side of the house. It hasn't been a strong point for us. We finally launched uh, an online store, which sounds for 2021, but it took us a while. Um, and we're getting our university partners online, um, kind of connecting everyone together to uh, lift everyone up in a way. You know, a lot of what we're doing is uh, in conjunction with uh, the admissions office, 
and working with the vice president of enrollment, doing a lot, doing a lot with the finance department um, and making sure that uh, our school is in a healthy place financially and we're part of that success. So, you know, I think all those things are going to come out of the work that we've put in over the past six months uh, to move us forward in the right direction. That's awesome. A lot of cool stories to yeah. tell. Appreciate all the stories you've been telling today, Jason. This has been awesome. Uh, I'm excited for you. I'm excited to uh, hopefully do whatever we can over here to help, you know, further what FDU is trying to build. So this has been awesome. Yeah, I, I really think, appreciate it. Yeah, and Pat, you haven't given yourself enough credit too, but what you and I are working to do is going to be a pretty unique partnership within the college space. And, um, you know, I think – one of the things I've always prided myself on is kind of trying trying things out, being the first to make changes, use technology, use different uh, tools out there and seeing how they fit within the college athletic space and then becoming that trendsetter. And that's one of the leverages that we have of being uh, more nimble and more quick at a smaller Division One school. Uh, than if we were at a big state school. So uh, we're going to continue doing that and uh, look forward to you guys coming along for the ride. Yeah, we're really excited about that too. And, and yeah, just to add, you know, what we admire is, is not only that philosophy, because we definitely share it at varsity, but also, you know, walking the walk, not just talking it. And, and, and you, you don't just say we want to be innovators and be the first. You actually do it. You actually add multiple teams you know, you're looking to do, you know, first of its kind type of partnership um, with a creative led company and, and a, you know, D1 athletic program. So this is going to be really fun. It's it's already exciting. We really appreciate you kind of being here and, and just sharing all these stories. It's really cool to uh, speak to the guy behind the athletic department that's making a lot of moves. You've, you've done a lot of great work and um, we're excited for, for more more of that to come. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate all you do and uh, look forward to talking soon. All right. Go Knights, Jason. We appreciate you. <laughs> there we go. Go Knights. All right. That'll do it. I want to thank you all for listening to the From the Rafters podcast brought to you by Varsity Partners. We'll see you next time.